This is episode number eight of Broadband the Podcast, and today's guest is Melanie Holtz of Low Schiavo Genealogica. Welcome to Broadband, a podcast created to showcase businesswomen who share insights and lessons learned about their journeys to self-employment. Here's your host, Denise Kowalczyk. Hello, this is Broadband the Podcast, and I'm Denise Kowalczyk. Thanks so much for tuning in for this new episode. If this is your first visit, welcome. I created this podcast to share some of the wisdom that other businesswomen are sharing with me, and also to showcase their businesses to the greater community. Since launching this show back in October of 2020, I have really been learning about all kinds of resources and leaving all of the conversations feeling inspired by these women. And I hope you have been having the same experience as well, because that is what Broadband the Podcast is all about. Now, on today's show, I welcome Melanie Holtz. Melanie is the owner and operator of Los Schiavo Genealogica. It's a company that provides Italian ancestry research and dual citizenship services. Melanie is a board-certified expert in the field, and she's based in North Carolina, I do want to note she's also one of CTD Creative Consulting clients. Melanie, welcome to Broadband. Thank you, Denise. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm super excited for folks to learn about your business and who you are. So we're going to start off with the easy question. What is your business? (laughs) My business is that I help um, people research their Italian ancestors and also if they are eligible to reclaim uh, Italian citizenship um, by blood. Okay, is that a pretty tough process? I mean, does it research take a lot of time to do that? I mean, they it need someone like can. you. Sure, it certainly can, depending on, on what your goals are. If your goal is to research um, your whole genealogy back to the beginning of time, then that's gonna take a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and, and it can be, it can be real time consuming, but it's very um, fulfilling to help people discover their family. How long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for about 18 years. Um, first part-time and, and then yeah, I went full-time about 10 years ago. And why did you pick this line of work to start this business? Well, initially it was somewhat of a necessity. Um, I was home with a young child and I needed to draw in some income without having to leave the house because I had a young child. Um, so I started studying and, and I started helping some people with their, with their research and it just sort of bloomed from there. And at one point I went to Salt Lake City to the Family History Library and I didn't even have a concept that people could actually do that professionally to that point. And I saw this one woman um, working in the records of a town I had worked in, an Italian town. And so I talked to her and she worked for a company out in Salt Lake City and and a professional genealogy company and they helped people research their ancestors. And that was really eye-opening to me that there was even such a thing. Look at that. Out there. Yeah. So there are other businesses that do what you do, but what would you say are the top three things that make you really unique and special? Um, I think 
I think it's because we really care about what we do. We really put a lot into it. Um, we spend a lot of time, you know, responding to clients, trying to be really responsive. Um, we like to add really interesting things to the reports. Like we find someone, you know, was born on a certain street. We'll go to Google um, Street View and we'll try to get some pictures of that so they can sort of get the feel for exactly where their ancestor was born. So, yes, and I think, you know, we, we do go above and beyond at times. A personal touch. Yeah. It's not all, all the data, all the research or some, you know, right. personality to it. So we're going to do a little time travel. We're going to go back to your younger self. And <laughs> well, you're going to go yourself. You're just going to tell me about it later. But let's say you go back to your younger self. What kind of advice would you give yourself in finding your way to where you are now? whether, you know, it's professional advice or really about your business, what kind of advice would you instill in yourself? At a younger um, my advice would be not to listen to what I was told um, and to actually go to school for business administration, to actually believe in myself, to believe that I actually was capable mm -hmm. to do such a thing as own my own business and and not believe the naysayers that were telling me that I wasn't capable at that time. So, you know, having hindsight, of course, is twenty twenty. but I really wish I had gone to school for four years or six years, get my MBA, that sort of thing. Um, because when I did try to, to start my business, I really felt at a disadvantage. Mm. You know, it's an interesting... Uh, topic because I'm a non-degreed professional as well um, and uh, it's interesting how higher education and having those degrees can or do or do not or what have you I was just um, watching a quick blip on someone's social media about is it Ellen Ellen Musk what is his name the the car Elon guy Musk? yes yeah <laughs> it was an excerpt of him saying and I'm not going to quote it exactly but saying yeah, you know, college is really about just having fun. It's not really about learning. You can be very successful in life without a college degree, which you can. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was funny how he's just like, oh, yeah, college is just really unnecessary. But I don't agree with that either. I but, don't agree with that either. But, college is what you make it. Exactly. And, and I have a daughter in college, and I tell her this. You know, college is what you put into it. If you're yeah. going to party the whole time, then you're not going to get much out of college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if let's, we're going to switch it up here. Let's say you go uh, five years in the future. What do you think your future self would share with you if you bumped into each other? I think this is the one question that I was having the most trouble coming up with a good answer for. Um, I think this last year I took some risks. And, and took some chances. And I think my future self will be very happy with me about that. You know, I've invested money into the business and took several, several different, the business in several different um, avenues. So I think that would be what I'd be happy with myself about. I think that's a great answer. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, who has influenced you professionally? There was, um, you know, various professional genealogists and that sort of thing. Um, 
but I didn't really want to focus on that with this question. Um, I named my business after my great-grandfather, Antonio Loschiavo, who came, came to America with no money, um, married here, married another Italian immigrant, had nine children, and then his wife died in the 1918 epidemic and influenza epidemic. So here he was single, raising his eight kids, eight were surviving at that time, and running a business. By that time he had a business, he actually had, had two businesses. And he ran that and raised his family, didn't marry again, and also sent money and food and everything back to his family in Italy this whole time. Even when they didn't have much themselves, he supported his family back in Italy. And to me, that is, that's not only the American dream, but that um, just shows a man of character. And, you know, a man who, who fought through everything life threw him. Do you think we're in different times nowadays? Do you think that work ethic, you know, that ethic, the way of living um, back in the day, do you think it's prevalent nowadays? I'm with some people. But I also think we've kind of gotten a little entitled in this country. And, you know, we, we, we don't necessarily work as hard, I think, as, as our ancestors did or do with as little. We may work very hard, but we also, you know, expect a lot in return. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as I talk to each one of my guests, I want to say so far, everyone has mentioned family as being an influence on them. And that's, I think, pretty cool. Very cool. <laughs> so when was your moment of saying, you know what? I think I got this. Meaning not it's over, it's done, I've hit it all, whatever. But where your confidence, you felt, you know what? I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um Really, a few years ago, um, once you go, for, once you, I worked like eight years part-time and held down a full-time job also on this before I felt that I had enough client base um, and the ability to go full-time in the business. And I think maybe the first five years were, were kind of a, a struggle. I think most businesses, well, most businesses fail within the first seven years. And um so it's these last five years, maybe the last six years that I really felt I've got my feet under me. I know what I'm doing. I'm pushing the business forward and, you know, things are, are going pretty well, at least until 2020 happened. <laughs> Girl, we're not going to go there. <laughs> 2020, what a year. My gosh. Woo. Well, Okay, so how do you celebrate your wins? You know, um, you have this confidence. You started this business about 18 years ago. You must build into your experience how you celebrate your successes or your wins. How do you do that? I do that by um, travel, <laughs> really treating myself to, to travel, to, to giving myself, a, you know, a break at times, you know, when I've just reached my reach my physical limit. You know, I'm not getting any older, but you know, I think when I was in my twenties, I didn't have the capability to do what I'm doing. So it's kind of good that I, that I started when I did. Yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. And if you were um, talking with someone um, who was thinking about, 
starting their own business, uh, stepping out on that ledge of self-employment, what would be some of the advice you would share with them? Um, I had two main things. Um, to make sure your business is capitalized. If you step out and you have $50 in your bank account, that's going to be a struggle for the next 10 years. Um, just make sure you have some money behind you, you know, that you can live on, that you can, you know, do business on for at least a year. And, and secondly, um, is to invest in yourself in educating yourself in business and time management. My business exploded very quickly, which is good. I'm very proud of that. And I'm very happy about that. But I, but I was catching up in learning how to manage a business of that size and in learning how to manage the time, you know, um, needed to, to manage a business and raise a family and everything that goes along with that. Yeah. I mean, you've been at this about 18, almost two decades. Um, I've only been at this really for a year and it's interesting. It's not just doing the work for the clients. It's, doing the work for the business and it's doing the marketing and it's doing the outreach and it's doing the operations and your bookkeeping. And um, you have to figure out the best way to organize your time to be the most effective that you can be. What, right. Uh, what sometimes, you, sometimes I actually have a team. And so as things got bigger, you know, I, I split my, my team into the research side and the citizenship side so that and put a team manager on the top of each one of those so that I could have more time for, you know, working on the social media, doing the accounting, you know, the actual business management aspect of things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a team yet. Well, I do have a team, but they're not a team team. They're uh, collaborative partners, but someday I hope to have a team okay. like yours. Um, <laughs> what would you say was one of the most surprising things about being a business owner that you discovered? Um, interpersonal issues with clients. It's interesting. You meet so many different types of people. I had one, you know, lady just call me on a Saturday on my business line and tell me that my name, uh, the, the business name did not match in gender. So in, in the Italian language, and I said, you know, excuse me? <laughs> I said, oh, I'm sorry, Los Schiavo is my name. You know, so yeah. names do not change with the gender they're referring to. But I just, you know, I thought it was very interesting that someone felt the need to call me and, and tell me that. You're such a troublemaker, <laughs> Melanie. <laughs> So those sorts of things, you know, have been surprising to me. I'm a very practical person. And so when, you know, people aren't practical, people do things like that, it's, it just confuses me. Yeah. And, you know, I just don't understand, you know, how people can, can be like that sometimes. Yeah. People are very interesting. They keep us on our toes. That's for sure. <laughs> so are you kind of like a every little bit counts kind of person or are you an all or nothing? kind of person um every little bit counts mm -hmm. yeah definitely 
And would you say if you use a scale of one to 10, as far as risk taking and one is like a super duper scaredy cat, nothing wrong with that. And the, you know, 10 is, you know, the first women astronaut, you know, where would you be on that scale? Um, I think now at my age, it's different than what my answer would have been in my twenties. But now um, I would say I'm around a seven towards the risky aspect of things. What would you have um, been in 20? Probably more of a five. Look at that. I love hearing that. Yeah. So, you know, now I, I am more, more apt to take risks. And actually that I was thinking about that this week as I, chose the next year's deduction in my 401k for my 401k so how you know part of the questions they ask you is you know how much risk you want to take you know to determine how to split your money mm -hmm. wow i love that your years of living has helped you become more of a risk taker yeah and i think it's because maybe i'm just more confident in in my decision making too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that makes a huge difference, trusting yourself. No matter what, you're going to make the best decision you can. Yeah, I agree. And it's not really up to whatever else or other people think. It's really what resonates with you, right? in my opinion. Um, how much time do you devote to uh, professional, other professional development? Um, um, it varies, um, but probably four to five hours a week. Um, mainly, you know, this last few years, a lot of my professional development has been pushing forward in the Italian language, mm. trying to become more fluent, um, keeping up with new advances and in, in records that are coming out and access to such that sort of thing. Okay. I, you know, I got to up my game. I mean, everyone I've talked to, they're spending like way more time now. Not that, I mean, I love learning. Okay. I love the learning, you know, and it's just, interesting i do a lot of personal develop time learning and i'm also focusing on anti-racism and white privilege learning or unlearning actually and relearning but um i really have to make a consorted effort to be focused on the professional development whether it's what's the latest trend on digital marketing or copywriting tips or whatever the, or how to really manage your finance and stuff like that. So I got to get on that game. I got to up my game on that. Um, a lot do of, I do most of mine on the weekends. Okay. Because my job is very mental. And sometimes by the end of the day, there's not much left upstairs. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 so yeah. a lot of my, you know, learning is done on the weekends. Well, that's another question. How do you take care of yourself to keep that momentum? What are some of the other things that you do? Um, Spending time with my family is a big one. You know, they are my release of stress, that sort of thing. I love to travel. Um, I now have an apartment over in Italy, so I go over there for extended periods of time and just, you know, do work, but I also enjoy myself. Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll get to go back soon. <laughs> yeah, we hope. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Do you have any resources for any books or podcasts or blogs um, that have helped either um, germane to your service or helping you as a business owner? Um, there was a book I read about two years ago and 
Um, it was called 15 Secrets to Su That Successful People Know About Time Management. And I think it was Kevin Krauss, Kevin Krauss, something like that, um, who did that one. And what he did is he called a couple hundred entrepreneurs, well-known entrepreneurs, and asked them to give him three or four paragraphs on that subject. And it was really interesting reading through the mindset of that many entrepreneurs. Everyone has a little bit different take on things, though you can see some patterns, you know, as you read through them, you know, very successful entrepreneurs are very driven. They're very um, scheduled, I would say. So you can see patterns as you grew through that, but I learned a lot through that book. Okay, I'll be sure to Google that and add that to uh, the show notes. Um, at where you're at in your career now as a business owner, what is, say, your professional vision at this point in your life? Because you've been doing this work for a couple of decades. I'm sure you're far from done. I hope you're far from done. Um, but when you look into your future, COVID or no COVID or what have you, you know, what do you, what do you see for yourself in the future? Um, I see myself living in Europe most of the year. And, and I'm going to come and, visit you. And doing business. But I also, in the last few years, we've been expanding our services so that we can offer citizenship applications on site in Italy. And so I see that as growing, you know, really well and hopefully expanding a lot and therefore spending a lot more time over there. That would be lovely. Mm -hmm. Very lovely. So I have one final question for you, which is a series of questions. Um, are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite flower? The hibiscus. Coffee? I love, oh, I love them because they don't require any work oh. and, and they just remain beautiful all season. Okay, that sounds like a good flower to have in a garden. <laughs> Um, coffee or tea? Both really, though I love a good peppermint tea. I really love that. Tahiti or Paris? Paris, of course, as long as I never have to go through Charles de Gaulle ever again. Um, the airport, that is just a horrible airport. Okay. Mental note, next time I fly to Paris. <laughs> um, are you an intention setter or a goal getter? A goal getter or a goal setter? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. A... Either one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I'm more of a goal setter. I actually, you know, even my time in my um, project management program, there's a section where you can set your goals. And, and I do that just sort of keep myself on track with the, with the overall business goals. Okay. And do you have a favorite quote you can share with us? Yeah, mine comes from a pastor, Charles Swindoll. He said, um, life is 10% on, on 10 of what happens to you and 90% on how you react to it. And, and really that has been my experience throughout my whole life. You know, everyone's going to have bad things. You know, life does not go easily, but it's your reaction determines yeah, what's going to happen after that. Thank you so much, Melanie, for sharing your wisdom and what you believe is the ultimate client experience going over and beyond the call of duty. That is total 
the incredible customer service and I love it. I really appreciated her ethic about doing her work with integrity is one of the lessons that she carries with her from her grandfather. And anyone who values the importance of good time management practices is a very wise woman in my book. I also love she enjoys international travel as much as I do. You can check out Melanie's website at italyancestry.com and it is so chock full of information about all the different kinds of services her agency offers. And by the way, she offers free consult calls, so I'll be sure to add that link to the show notes. Also, any resources that she mentioned in our conversation, I'll add there as well. And by the way, if you're interested in learning about your best options to set up your digital presence, I've got some tips for you right on my own website about how you might want to do that. Now, if you're looking for a deeper talk about it, I'd be happy to set up a a coffee chat with you. It's basically you set up a time to visit and you buy me a cup of coffee virtually, right? Super easy. Now, I'll include a link in the show notes about that resource as well. Have a fantastic day. And thank you so much for listening to Broadband the Podcast because it's about women in business sharing their wisdom. On the next show, Sally Hanlon, owner of Hanlon Business Resources, will be my guest. Thanks again to Melanie for sharing some of her time and her wisdom with us. And thanks to my pal, Elizabeth Fournier, for the show intro and outro. Until next time, I'm going to close with this quote. Don't put a ceiling on yourself. That's Oprah Winfrey. Thanks again for joining me on Broadband, the podcast. And you know what, listener? I'd love to hear from you, okay? Who has inspired you to take a leap of faith? Use the message feature on the show page and share your story with me. It may be included in a future episode of Broadband. Until next time, you have a great week. You've been listening to Broadband, a podcast showcasing the inspiring stories of businesswomen about their successful journeys in building their businesses. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. To learn more about the show, be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the website. Thanks for listening.